0: Yes, yes. Welcome in to the Tim McKernan Show on the Inside STL
1: Podcast
0: Network. I'm your host, Timothy Michael McKernan, alongside the great Gangster Pete. Gangster Pete, sup? up? Gangster Pete is also known as Smoke. Do you like that? Uh, it's fine. Don't really like it? I mean, it's fine. You just don't care. Gangster Pete's okay. stock skyrocketing because he does not care. So we're going to try something different today, Gangster Pete. Okay. I don't know if it'll take because the last thing you can do, if you want to sit at the cool kids table... On a, on a on the fan page is like or participate in a thread that I started. Right. So this isn't a thread that I started um, and we'll see if we get people interacting, but this is an opportunity for a live to tape via podcast QFTA via the TMA fan page. What do you think? I don't quite follow. Mm. Mm. So, for example, when I traveled which hasn't happened in a long time as probably is the case for the vast majority of the people listening i would uh you know have whatever two-hour flights and i would say hey if you want to bs i'll bs and people could ask whatever or we would talk about whatever and that's how i would fill my time flying and i really enjoyed it and uh and a bunch of people would participate in all kinds of th- you never knew so i can ask
1: to. me anything sesh kind-
0: exactly right wonderful ama ama all day Um, and so, uh, we already have the questions from the audience thread. It usually gets like one response, but I get a billion emails and that is because it is not in vogue to like me on the fan page. Uh, and so
1: I don't necessarily see that as a bad thing.
0: (laughs) Gangster Pete, AKA smoke. And so, uh, you have to, you have to do it privately. So, uh, I'm trying this out. Now, ideally, there will come a point where we're able to just do this on Facebook Live, Instagram, uh, and uh, interact. But at this particular moment, that is not what we are doing. We are in our podcast studios, which are sponsored by Ryan Kelly, aka the Home Loan com. Uh, he is who I refinanced with in April. And uh, here is the process. My, uh, my guy said, hey, you really ought to look into uh, refinancing. And, um, and I said, all right, I'll check into it. The dot com, And I saw how much I was going to save and I go, okay, well I'm out of town, but hopefully I can do this remotely. I could. And I was like, okay, I know there's gonna be a bunch of documents to fill out a bunch of headaches. And instead it wound up being absurdly easy, closed in late April and wound up saving about 20%, a little more than 20% of my payment every month. Uh, and that's all because the HomeLoanExpert.com staff. So if you're looking to buy a home or refinance, the HomeLoanExpert.com is the place to go, the only place to go, place that I have used, a place Doug Vaughn has used, and a place that I know a number of our listeners have used, the HomeLoanExpert.com. Our studio sponsors here on the Tim McKernan Show, along with Design Air Heating and Cooling, online at designairservice.com. Seth Goldcamp and his incredible staff, Design Air Heating and Cooling, they fixed my air conditioning a couple weeks ago. It just went out on a Thursday night, and uh, and within an hour, Design Air Service was there. Have they fixed the air conditioning in here? It, I, I, I'm in here right now with you, and I feel like it's a little...
1: It still gets a little toasty in here, yeah. I think. I don't know what the deal with that is.
0: Oh, there's a lot I could say regarding... <laughs> and it's got nothing. I know people think I'm, it's, it's regarding, I'll just say it. I don't care. I, I want to give people things that they don't get on the radio show. So I'll do it here. I am on the verge of just saying everything on the radio. And I just, I keep it internalized. Would you like me to do that gangster? Piece? Yeah. I, I, know I know
1: you, I'm sure you would. I know. Would, I would love <laughs> to uh, have front row seat for that. You would have a front row seat. Yeah. It'd be great. Instead.
0: Uh, I, I, I have basically not even been present at the radio show the last few weeks. But I'm doing it, but I'm just not very good at it right now. And I know I'm not very good at it right now. Um, podcast is kind of my, for whatever reason, I feel more comfortable here. Um, so I'll say this. Uh, we, need to, we, need to, we need to do better with um, conditions. Um, and <laughs> <laughs> that's, yeah. as, that's as much as you're going to get. Oh, he's going to give us something. No, he just said, what did he say? We just need to do better with conditions. That's what I said. What is this? Uh, let's see. Um, God almighty. And as I'm sitting here, <sighs> anyway, uh, design, air, heating, and cooling. I know design, air, heating, and cooling would take care of the situation for the life of me. It's beyond me that this thing isn't even three years old and we don't like have air circulating in the podcast studio, but whatever, uh, these are the uh, the cards we play. So I digress. Got a bunch of emails for questions from the audience. You are always welcome to email in with anything. T. McKernan at InsideSTL.com. Um, let's see what I got here. Oh, this is somebody, I guess, who wants to sell me a car. I don't know. I just, just opened up my email. Oh, my God, almighty. Oh, boy, Gangster Pete. I'm telling you. Maybe I won't Maybe I won't be good on this either. <laughs> I opened up my email, and I hadn't had my personal email open, and I'm now looking at stuff. Um, but anyway, yeah, so with regard to cars, I said this a few weeks ago, and uh, my wife's lease expired in May. Mine is expiring in August. And what I would like to do is have a relationship with a dealer and um, and get both of our cars from said dealer. As I've said before, I have hated my car to the point that when I got it like an October you know, in August of 2017, like I think a week before my son was born, I remember thinking, God, I want I can't wait to get rid of this thing, but then my son will be three. And that kind of makes me sad. Um, so now my son is about to be three in a month and I can finally get rid of this thing and I've hated it, but I don't have a relationship at that dealer. And so it's just, it's just, it's just been a bad deal. So it's, it's easily, the worst transaction I've ever made. And this is coming from somebody who loses a lot of money every week on DraftKings. <laughs> it is easily the worst transaction. So I want to have a rapport with somebody and somebody who understands the program that we deliver ROI for our advertisers. So uh, that's the deal. So if you're just like a car salesman saying, Hey, I got a great deal right now on that, that, that. Don't bother. But if you're interested in a symbiotic relationship, team McKernan at insidestl.com inside STL.com, because I, I need two cars, I man. It's not a, that's not a BS thing. It's a, uh, I I absolutely need it. Uh, Let's see. Uh, This one, I think, is more private. This one about cars that this gentleman, because I made reference to it, I guess, on the show today. All right, let me go into... Let's see if we're getting any traction on the live QFTA. Uh, Timmy Recaps has posted something. Um, Let's see. I'm going to interact. Thank you, sir. We are live now with QFTA. All right, so um, first question is, What are your thoughts in general on PPP? And if you're willing to talk about any experience you've had with it, I would love to hear about it. Do you think that providing relief for businesses as opposed to providing a universal basic income, temporary or permanent is the better option? This may be a false dichotomy, but I still feel this is a good philosophical question that comes from Eric and it's on the fan page. Gangster Pete, before I begin your uh, thoughts, sir.
1: I mean, I think it's good to provide help to small businesses that need it, especially when you're locking people inside but at the same time, it's such a massive undertaking. It's really hard to monitor it and control corruption and things like that. So I see the good. I see the bad.
0: Yeah, I I don't have, I mean I loved the use of dichotomy in the question. Um, big fan of that. It's a wonderful word. But um, I'm going to go take a more general approach. First off, I have not had any experience with it. Um, our The businesses uh, I have ownership in... Um, did not participate in PPP because we just, you know, inside STL, this really is just kind of just existed, kind of floated here over the last few years. Uh, It still exists, but it's not like um, active like it was in 2016 and before. Um, And then there's a handful of of others where I have ownership interests, but, you know, it wasn't a situation like, you know, like a restaurant, for example. Um, So personally... I think it is um, a positive thing because otherwise I think these businesses all would have shut down. The thing that a number of business owners have told me, uh, and I don't think this is like a private conversation thing, I think it's been well documented, is that the unemployment uh, is so high that people are having a tough time hiring people, that it actually was better for employees to stay on employment. Um, And so that became an issue because people got the PPP money, but then they couldn't allocate it. The percentage that needed to be allocated for payroll because they couldn't hire people. Uh, And so it was a real, real issue. And I'm not saying that it's a past tense issue. Uh, In general, I wonder if there will be another one in the fourth quarter or third quarter, but in the fourth quarter, even more so.
1: Um, Pete, have you heard anything on that? Seen anything on that? Thoughts on it? I mean, I see it come up from time to time, but it's not anywhere near happening. Um, that is, uh, that is something that,
0: uh, I really wonder about. And it's something that, you know, is something that we look at as far as our, uh, decisions go with, with regard to, uh, what, what our next step will be. Uh, it's a huge factor. And I guess that gets me to, I know that this wasn't the question, but with this is a general, this is a general point. It's a general point. I want to emphasize it's a general point. It is something I would say. Even if I were not being written about in the newspaper with regard to a potential business transaction, and I want to make this general point, um, because I realize that if you are not involved, it, it would be perhaps difficult to uh, to know. So I I want to say this in, from an informative standpoint and a sincere standpoint. Um, the way most media generates the lion's share of its revenue is through advertising. And I'm not saying something that I think is groundbreaking. I would say that there are more media outlets now generating revenue through subscription than five years ago. And so that is why there has been a shift uh, in the graph, but otherwise it's still the lion's share is going to be advertising spends. So if you think about what has transpired over the last four or five months and businesses either having to shut down or shutting down, um, that means they don't have the ability to generate their revenue from their customers, which means they are not spending money on advertising and it is a domino effect. Uh, I'm sure as I'm saying this, this strikes everybody. Some people are going, yeah, of course, I mean, are you, really, are you really explaining this? And the only reason I say that is I saw a thread on the, the TMA fan page Guess it was over the weekend, with regard to um people really liking Matt Rocchio running the board on TMA, but also wanting the plowhawk to to be back on TMA. And what that was saying was, I love the six, you know, people who have been on TMA for the last couple of years, uh, the three hosts, the three producers, but uh, I also want to see Matt Rocchio on. And I would ask Uh, This question, I know it's rhetorical, unless Gangster Pete actually has information here, but I can't imagine there is another show in St. Louis with six people on it, much less seven. And the last thing you do when you are experiencing a huge decline in advertising revenue, not just like, oh, we're down 3% year over year. I'm talking about monstrous. Gangster Pete knows. I was just on a call, which is the reason why we're recording this a little later in the day than we normally do uh in which a uh, person i was on the call with uh who's in another market was saying uh they're down you know the, the the average around the country is about 50 to 60% if you want to count the covid months 50 to 60% 50 to 60% and you know, because I don't want to get into specifics with specific employees or specific transactions or even specific stations or situations. I want to speak generally, but I want to, I want to get those numbers out to people. So there is an understanding that there, there is not, uh, any appetite anywhere to be adding on to a six person radio show. It doesn't matter who is available. It's just not the way that it works. I would imagine everybody understands that. Um, but then I read some of the things and I'm like, wow, maybe people don't. So that's why I want to perhaps be able to explain it that we will not have seven people on the radio show. Uh, I can, I can tell you that as an absolute, I can (laughs) tell you that whether I own the radio station, uh, whether the radio show eventually just becomes a podcast, um, or any radio show I'm ever involved with. If it's not TMA, that is, it's just not going to happen. I, I would think, think, and I'm speaking here just from an, I would think standpoint that the largest cast on a radio show outside of TMAs is the Rizzuto show. I would think, cause I think they have either five or six people on that show. I think, um, but that's the number one show on the market. And it's, you know, it, it's, it's on an FM station, which means it gets Nielsen ratings. It's the number one show and it's, it's in a different world. So, um, you know, I just want to make that clear and I don't want to, I don't want to, I, I just want to help inform really. I mean, is the is one of the few people who has access to, to numbers, uh, to help explain that. Um, I think it's important to give people, um, you know, and that's why when I do the questions from the audience, like, Oh, I don't want to say anything because people will call me a lemming and do one of the, uh, the gong gifts. But so much of the fan page outside of, um, takes from the bubble on politics, uh, is talking about our show, or the state of the show, or the state of the station, or, you know, passive aggressive attacks on people on the show, <laughs> and here are, here at least a third of the show is answering whatever you want to ask, and then it's not posted on the fan page, people feel like they have to go email, uh, or they just don't, and then continue to speculate. And I here I am, I'm willing to answer the questions, uh, or explain why I can't, and I want to help, because I am walking for 3 hours a day, and that's just talking about being on air. But I am walking for 3 hours a day a tightrope between being an employee with a contract and uh my understanding is the empl- only employee here with a contract, uh more information, uh and also a potential buyer. And that's a difficult t- all while this transaction is being discussed publicly. And that's not an easy line to walk. And, and try to do both jobs of being a host and then also, uh, representing, um, an ownership group, investment group. And it's, it's been, you know, I'm not doing real well with it. Uh, I'm talking about both my performance on the air and just personally, I am not doing real well with it. I am not doing real well with it at all. Um, it's just, I mean, it's it's part of the reason why I think I, I, think it was, I could have been doing the show from home for the last however many days. Now Doug's doing the show from home. But I'm like, I know I am not firing on all cylinders right now. I know personally I am not. Um, and then you don't have the cat in. You don't have the plowhawk in. And so the show is down 33% as far as our normal group. Uh, and you don't have sports as any form of a backdrop. And I know what I am dealing with uh, professionally. And it's, I I, just, if I were at home and if I were to go into a place where I get distracted, now I got Doug essentially flying blind with maybe getting some help here and there from Iggy, Pete, and and Matt Rocchio, which really isn't their, you know, necessarily their primary responsibilities, which isn't fair to them. and It's not fair to have Doug out there hanging. So I'm just like, I got to be in, uh, unless the station was like, absolutely not. Nobody is coming in. So I come in right now, but, um, you know, it's tough because, The show and really the way I've tried to broadcast, you know, for the 16 years, I guess I've been doing radio for 18 years, but 16 years of the morning grind and the morning after has been like, okay, this is what's going on. I know people want to talk about it, so I'm going to talk about it. And one of the most difficult parts of the Pujols steroids thing uh, with, with Jack Clark and what took place in 2013 was that I couldn't talk about it. And that's tough here because I know it's what people want to talk about, but I can't talk about it and and then there are assumptions made and god i get them oh i don't even know the guy deleted the tweet i just dm'd him back he included me in the tweet and i said why would you even send that it was basically shitting on the plow hawk like at 2 in the morning you know and i'm just like and i just dm'd him and i go and i didn't say hey motherfucker or anything like that i'm just like why would you send that to me? I mean, i'm just curious cuz i know i mean i kind of know the guy he's a blue check mark guy uh it's not like a dog avatar and I go, why would you even send that to me? Like for real? Like I'm just like, what the fuck?
1: Said, just, a blue checkmark guy is sending you I a swear tweet to God, about
0: Plowhawk? I swear to God, shit oh, wow. on Plowhawk! Wow, praising rockio, and like including me like it's my call. <laughs> I'm just like, it's just you know. And so I, I mean, I'm telling you, man, when I do a list of pros and cons, it is, you know, if I were to do one, uh, it would it would be more lopsided than my head. But uh, but, I'm just like you know, it's, I, I feel like I'm in a no-win. I feel very alone is the way I would describe it. I feel very alone and I'm not doing well with it um, because I feel like I'm not even in, in any position to do anything and I'm still catching shit and I just do not do well with it. All while I watch my show, uh, you know, the third of the people on the show, one of whom I've worked with since 2004 another one who I've worked with since 2014, not be on the show. And we essentially have, damn near nothing to talk about and the thing that people want to talk about i can't talk about so it's just been a motherfucker so i'm like i can't do the show from my house i gotta come in and at least be able to see some physical tells um from people because otherwise it's going to be even even more difficult so uh that is where i am uh gangster pete it is not your style to really follow up at, at something like this with anything but nonetheless i will I will pass the ball over to you.
1: I mean, any more than six people, you got too many cooks in the kitchen. Yeah. So, I mean, some people are going to like Plahock. Some people are going to like Rakio. I mean, I I don't think that's something you need to worry about. Yeah.
0: Uh, well, I mean, it's but but my my overall plan is like like the like we're just going to keep adding.
1: It's like, oh man, I love Charlie and I love Jay. The pie's not big enough to do that. I think think if you look at it reasonably. The revenue is not. It's not even close. If you you look at it reasonably, you just can't keep adding people.
0: So if I were to, you know, own a station or if we had just an Inside STL became its own podcast company, uh, and I'm under contract until the end of 2021, because people say, why not just do that right now? Under contract, the end of 2021, that is not an option. Uh... You know, and I laid out numbers. People go, Oh, "Okay," but I can't lay out numbers right now because they're not my numbers. It's not my place to do it. It would be wrong. It would be ethically wrong. But I am telling you, in general, whether it be any it take, it pick, whatever station, I assure you that station is down over the last four months from what they were doing March through June of 2019, and therefore you are not adding on. And I realize that is a very obvious statement but I guess sometimes people get caught up in what they view as a fun part of their lives to think that therefore it doesn't still have the same principles of business applied to it and then if somebody doesn't give them what they want with the fun part of their life then they have to point the finger at that person and say why aren't you doing this and uh, that's what I'd be inviting back into my life with all of this in addition to taking something over in the midst of an absolute motherfucker of a time things that to me are kind of obvious but I realize this is what I'm living every day. And so I want to take the opportunity to be able to explain it as opposed to just, you know, go, how do people not see this? So, okay, ask the questions and I will give you the answers. So that's the premise. So, PPP, I think, uh, in general, if it weren't there, I, I mean, how many businesses would have shut down for real? I mean, holy shit. I think a bunch are already looking at shutting down as it is, much less what they would have done if it weren't there. I guess the question I ask, and I hope we get to the point that we can ask this question, is, holy shit, now we got to pay it back uh, whenever that time comes and what has this done? But at the same time, what was the alternative? I don't know. I'm, I'm, that's rhetorical. I'm not saying I have the answer. I'm just saying I don't know what the alternative was in that moment. Uh, let's see, next question. If you could relive any TMA moment, what would it be and why? It's a nice question. This is a nice question. I think the Foot Fetish Friday... With Caden Cross and a studio sponsors paralegal in studio while Doug did his top five list of quarterbacks to lead you down the field in a two minute drive uh, was, was an all time moment as far as amusement goes. Um, and I think that was about eight, nine years ago. Uh, I just felt like we really hit our stride in that particular moment. Uh, we've had a num- number of TMA lives, which have been incredible. Uh, I think the moment when I arrived at the show, probably at 7.05 uh, at Friendlies when we were giving away the Doug Vaughn You've Been Suspended Two Days Time shirt probably in 2013 or 14, uh, and there was a line out the door for those, that was an eye-opening moment. Um, but uh, as far as amusing moments, that one would be there, the Weezer uh, Pictures Discovery. On uh, Facebook was also one that was like 2013. That was a fan favorite as well. Uh, Let's see. Gangster Pete mentioned last week that Wes Anderson is his favorite director. I think. Let's get Smokes Mount Rushmore of Wes Anderson flicks. Gangster Pete, a question specific
1: to you. All right. Mount Rushmore. I mean, I have a top two that are head and shoulders above the rest, and that would be Rushmore and Royal Tenenbaums. Both of those movies are so good, they're so underrated. And understated. I love both of them. Uh, then maybe Grand Budapest Hotel, Moonrise Kingdom. Uh, I also love the Life Aquatic, Bottle Rocket, I love Dogs. And I'm super stoked about uh, the French Dispatch, which is supposed to come out in October. That looks like it has the potential to take a spot on my Mount Rushmore. But Rushmore, Royal Tenenbaums, those two are the best for sure. They're head and shoulders above the others. That's right. Uh,
0: next question between St. Louis hockey and St. Louis baseball, which takes the bigger blow to the brand product and fan base. If they're unable to complete a full season, similarly between blues hockey and Cardinal baseball, which do you believe is the worst outcome? Fully skipping the upcoming season and prepare for next season with a more detailed and safe plan of action or attempting to start the season, potentially having to cancel midway through due to unforeseen COVID related problems and logistics. Um, I don't know. I don't really, my my honest answer is I don't really think either are all that damaging to the brand, product, or fan base. I think they're damaging to the businesses of the teams. That's what I think. And I would imagine that the Blues do not have as much room as the Cardinals in that category. I don't know that, by the way. But that's what I would imagine. So, therefore, if you were to include that as one of the options, I would say the Blues. But the Blues did get the vast majority of their season in, and so perhaps are not being as harmed. And I gather the plan as of right now is to restart the 2020 and 2021 regular season sometime in like December. Um, I think right now with regard to baseball, and maybe this will change if slash when it starts up, that it's just kind of... At least, I mean, maybe it'll change, but that it's just kind of like, oh, it's going to be there. But it's just not the same thing. The enthusiasm is just not there. And I think people are counting on, which may be optimistic, that it will be there next April. I don't think that's a given. Um, so, therefore, from a business standpoint, as impacting on on teams' revenue and their their margins, I would say the Blues, but again, the Blues were able to get the majority of their regular season in. Gangster Pete.
1: I mean, I agree with you on the business side. I'd definitely say any any missed revenue is a bigger deal for the Blues than for the Cardinals. As far as the fan base goes, I think that it's a bigger hit to the Cardinals just because I think excitement for the Blues is so high still after coming off the Cup. Yeah. Like, I cannot wait for this playoff thing. I think it will be so awesome, and I could not care less about the Cardinals' 60-game season.
0: Yeah, and that's that's where I would like. I just I guess in my mind, I'm just not sure they're, either one of them are going to happen yet. right. I guess the baseball is going to happen. I guess it is. And that's great. So for me, it's like, okay, the baseball season is going to start in 10 days. And that's great. (laughs) But it still doesn't seem real. It doesn't really seem like it's real. Right. And I guess they're showing tonight as Pete and I are sitting here a game on Fox Sports Midwest, an intrasquad game. Um, Jack Flaherty, Austin Gomber, your starters. And I don't know if I'll even watch it. Like, like I have, I have less appetite for that than watching a spring training game.
1: I didn't even know that was on tonight. Yeah.
0: So I don't know. I don't know. I just, I don't know. I mean, no matter what part of the thing that I love about baseball, and I guess that I've found for me personally, because I don't think this is why it is trending down with young people. I think the pace of the game is why young people are not as into it as they are with like the NBA, for example, or soccer. Um, is, or esports for that matter, is I love the, the length and the rhythm of a baseball season. Uh, I love that. I love that. And that's why it drives me up the wall that you could win 110 games, but get knocked out in a best of five. (laughs) I hate that. I understand why we were talking about revenue in the previous question. Um, but I just doesn't, you know, that just, that it, Really, really bothers me. But I mean, at the same time, I grew up in the 1980s where you had an NL East and an NL West. And that's who went to the World Series, the best of seven series. And it was a huge deal if you won your division because you knew you were a step away from playing in the World Series. Our parents grew up. And if you won the National League, you were in the World Series. And now it's just like, it's just going to turn into what the NHL was in the 1990s, I feel like, uh, where they're just going to have everybody in the playoffs. And it's like the regular season is going to be even more watered down. So I guess I just can't really get excited because of the, the pace of this is just going to be, I mean, each game is basically worth three times what a game was in in 2019. That's basically the math. Uh, it's a little less than that. I guess like 2.67, I guess is essentially what the math is. And I just know that I'm not really that enthused about it, but if the blues are playing a game for whatever reason, I would be enthused about that. Um, Have you noticed your interest in golf declining or or increasing
1: since the restart? I was super into golf before,
0: right? But I still
1: you still you still have a benchmark to work off of. Has it increased or decreased? Uh, I don't think it's. I mean, I think it increased after the break when I didn't have it. But I mean, it's just as high as it ever was. I mean, I'm I'm totally into it. Yeah, I I I, I love it. I guess I
0: I guess either hasn't changed or it's increased for me. But again, we're both golf nerds so yep. it's it's but so i'm curious what it'll be like i mean this will be listen you know i was talking with somebody yesterday and they're just like my god you're gonna have baseball you're gonna have football you're gonna have hockey you're gonna have the nba you're gonna have majors on the pga tour i mean what a time for sports and i guess if you if you lay it out that way i'm like all right yeah you're right we are what a great thing but
1: i, <laughs> I, I guess until it, it actually happens yes yeah. You know, if it happens,
0: it'll be awesome. Yeah. Where are you on college football? We made a $10 bet yesterday. Are you less?
1: Man, Pete Thamel came out with a big article. I know. I was about to get into it. He started talking
0: about squirrels eating his plants and I got sidetracked. Right. Uh, I I, I was about to read that and he was basically saying, just accept it. It is not happening in 2020. (laughs) It is just the way it is. I took
1: some shit from people on the text line because I was like 99% sure. Then I came back off that. I mean, that was me being hopeful. Uh, if anybody's going to play at CSEC, I mean, after the stuff I read yesterday, it does not sound good. So, I mean, I, I'm really hopeful they play. They really better be playing next year because I think next year is when the Tigers might be pretty good. I mean, I want it, but I've just, I've always looked at college
0: football and like, how in the hell can you justify people who are not employees playing football? And then it's like, well, they're 21 and they're healthy. And the I'm like, okay, but what about the guys who coach them? You know, I mean, it's just in the in the staff around. I just how I mean,
1: much do you think the money side will affect it? Oh, th- that's why baseball's playing.
0: That's why hockey's playing. These are all th- these are all financially driven, One hundred percent. And so I think they may try to do it. Uh,
1: the, the the football supports like the whole athletic absolute, program. Absolutely.
0: No, I, listen, I get it. Yeah, I
1: know you get it. I, 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 <laughs> but I mean, I just don't know how they can do it. Right. Like I mean if they're on campus i can see it happening but if they don't have the students on campus then it becomes really difficult to have football players there i just don't see it i mean and that's why and
0: there's this next question is uh has the large outbreak of COVID 19 cases in florida caused you to reconsider going to jupiter this winter and my answer to that is i'm not even sure there's going to be a spring training and i'm sure some people go what but i'm not i'm not and i know that my you're, you're you know you're whatever, Debbie Downer, that used to be like the big criticism in March. Well, why can't we talk about things that are positive? Well, I mean, if you don't, if you see a problem, you don't like jerk people off into happiness. You'd give them your honest opinion, but it was like, you're the bad guy. If you said, well, here's the data, I guess that's kind of gone away. Now the, the, the happiness police have gone away. I think we all agree. Maybe not actually. Maybe we just still don't agree that we have a problem here. Um, so I don't know i don't know my honest answer let me put it this way i'm not booking anything uh (laughs) i guess i can answer it that way i am not but that's that's for multiple reasons that goes beyond um the 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 pandemic but yeah i mean if i were you know 65 and retired i'd absolutely be there but that is not the case i have a two-year-old and a wife and uh and so i but but i mean i don't i don't know if there's going to be a spring training I certainly hope there's going to be, and I realize for some people, though they must be blindsided by hearing that. But you know, I mean, that's. I, I remember Pete, and I think it was a QFTA thing where somebody asked, "Do you think the sports will be playing by June 1st?" And they were asking us like at the end of April. Yeah, and I go, "Absolutely not." You know, just and and there was really not 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 only was backlash where it got mean spirited, but just real surprise to that answer. And it just kind of, it, I guess, it, I guess, because I was surprised that there was surprise, but it, it, I think it what it shows you is it depends on where you're getting your information. Because to me, it's it's a lock, in and it in, you know it, it proved to be right, but it was recorded a month out, so it wasn't like uh, you know I'm saying this and it wasn't recorded. I was just didn't didn't see it happening. I I've always want just like college, well, I want it to happen, but my God, you asked me to bet it. I, mean, I really would if somebody said, listen, you can get, I, I know a guy will take your bet. He'll, he'll you know, whatever, take a, a substantial amount of money as to whether or not there will be college football, uh, Division I college football in 2020. I'd go find him right now and hand the brick of cash. And, you know, it, and, but it's not what I want. It's not what I want. So I don't really want to make a bet for material dollars because I don't want it to happen. I just don't see it happening. I am of the opinion we're going to see baseball. And I am of the opinion where they're going to at least try hockey. The NFL to me is just flying under the radar. That one's one I don't understand. I hope. I sure as hell hope. But I just feel like everybody's just kind of like hoping there's an answer. And then each day passes and you go, shit, we got to have a plan. It's kind of like the school thing. Do you think there will be kids in school in uh, in fall 2020, <laughs> Gangster Pete? Uh, this is our
1: safe haven from
0: getting talking pointed.
1: I think so. I know a bunch of my friends are going to go crazy if they're not. You think so? You do think so? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I just read a study that says that the school's not a place where it can spread that much. I don't, I mean, I didn't get that deep into it, but I mean, I I think it's really important for the kids' development that they get back in school, too. So, I think the teachers are the biggest problem because they're the ones that are more at risk than the kids, right. really. So, I don't know what's going to happen. I think they will.
0: Uh, After watch, after rewatching The Last Dance, I'm curious as to what your thoughts are on sports rivalries in 2020 versus the 80s and 90s. I feel like the Pistons and Bulls truly hated each other and weren't chummy before or after the game. Whereas today's players, today's game, players all seem to be buddies. Does a true disdain or dislike for the opposing team or player make the rivalry better? My answer is yes. It's an insta ship on the latter question. Do you agree with that? What
1: was the latter question?
0: Does a true disdain or dislike for the opposing team or player make the rivalry better? Oh yeah, absolutely. Like the two thousand three Cardinals Cubs with Dusty Baker and Tony La Russa screaming at each other it was great. Yeah.
1: Uh, um, well yeah, I mean I think I think we get nostalgic for those old rivalries, but then I also think you, had, you didn't have the free agency and stuff, so you had all right. the guys on the same team exactly. who played each other over and over. But I also think the rivalries now are still great. Like I mean, I hated the Boston Bruins when we were playing them in the finals. It did, I mean, it didn't matter. I mean, technology's made the world smaller, and so these guys are like friends and stuff. But, uh, yeah, maybe they were a little more intense all the time back then, but you still get great rivalries now. Cardinals and Giants. Uh, yeah. Cardinals and Flat Mets. Pound. Yep. Yep. Uh, come that was
0: outstanding. I never really got the Cardinals and Cubs thing outside of where I was just told that the Cubs were the Cardinals, rival, but they were just not really good for most of my time growing up. I was up. raised
1: to dislike them.
0: So I got it, but I'm just like, well, I mean, it's a great city, and, you know, they're they're, they're, they're fun to play against because you win, so I don't really get it, but whatever. Um, and uh, and then Kansas City has their thing with St. Louis, which is whatever. Um Missouri-Kansas, I think, is an example. Uh, Alabama-Auburn is an example. where You still have it. Uh, You know, it's kind of uh, distant for us here in St. Louis. But, uh, you know, you hear about UCLA-USC, Dodgers and Giants, those kinds of things. But, like, you know, Red Wings and Avalanche in the 90s, Celtics and Lakers in the 80s. Um, and I agree with the Bulls and Pistons thing. I'm sure I'm missing obvious ones. Duke, North Carolina, college basketball. I hate whoever the Blues are playing in the playoffs. Doesn't matter what year. Yeah, you wind up fine. You just wind up, there's a bad guy on the yeah, team. I hate him. Yeah. And it's, I mean, it's just the, that's the nature of it. But yes, I, I do like it when I feel like, here and here's why I think psychologically to answer this from more of a whatever, uh, it, me anointing myself as an academic <laughs> perspective But you as a fan, if you are emotionally invested, want to feel that the players and the coaches hate as much as you hate and want it as much as you want it. And so you love seeing that. And in St. Louis in particular, those are the players that fans would fall in love with. Or if on the other side, the other side was showing that passion, those would be the players you would hate, usually. Uh, Which is why uh, the 87 Giants, you know, with Will Clark and Jeffrey Leonard, for example... Even though it was Chili Davis who called St. Louis a cow town, not uh, Jeffrey Leonard. Um, But he got it attached to him with the one flap down thing. But I mean, Bob Forch hitting Jeffrey Leonard in game four or five was the turning point of that series. right? And that's just what Bob, that's what he was going to do. And that was it. And he was, and I think the Giants scored, I don't know if they scored in game six or seven of the 87 NLCS when they came back to St. Louis and they were a win away from winning it. Um, So yes, my answer to that is yes. Have you had a chance to listen to John Taffer on Eric and Ardini's podcast, Token CEO? If not, take a listen pretty solid. Are you familiar with him? I know you are a listener of
1: that podcast. Yeah, he's the bar rescue guy. I have not listened to it, but I saw this question. I got it queued up for after the show because it sounds pretty interesting. Eric is going to break down what's going on in the streaming world right now. And then Taffer joins to talk about business during the pandemic and the future of restaurants. So,
0: Oh, really? I'm going to listen to it on the way home. No,
1: it'll be a good one to listen to.
0: I have not listened to it, but now... It's you can ask
1: about it again next
0: week. Yeah, we'll be on top of it. Uh, please preview your third-round matchup in the Fan Page Club Championship while also previewing the caddy matchup. Thank you. I was knocked out, so I will
1: not have a third
0: round. Gangster knocked Pete up. will not be previewing the third round. Um, I uh, am playing a gentleman by the name of Curtis Hall, who uh, is going to have Iggy on his bag. Um, and, uh, I will have Carlos spicy wiener on my bag. My understanding, uh, tip of the cap to Curtis. He actually, uh, has a a gin and I think he's like an 11. I know. And it didn't just start like two weeks ago. Um, I, I am currently gangster Pete. So everybody can see it. You are reading my handicap. What do you see? Seven even. Yes. Seven on the nose. Uh, and that's with, I haven't shot in the eighties in a while, almost a month. I think the last time I shot above an 80 was, uh, was my fan page club championship match. I shot a 78 in my match. Uh, I re-injured my shoulder a week and a half ago, reaching for something under a shelf for my son. And it had been feeling so good. Like to the point where I'm like, I wonder if this thing is healed, but how can a torn labrum heal? but I've been playing well despite the injuries. Like right now it hurts just doing, let's see this move right here. It, it, it hurts, but I'm trying to get to like September, October before having surgery. I don't even know. Are elective surgeries back? I don't know. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's a big factor in the whole thing. So anyway, um, I'm a seven. He's an 11, I believe, which means I'll be giving him approximately four or five strokes. Um, he wants me, he has made it clear he wants me.
1: I know he's been playing a lot. I've seen him at Normandy and Gateway. Um, let's take a look at Curtis Hall's uh, scores here. The magic
0: that is the Gin app. You can actually see these things. Uh, he's currently at 12, actually. Uh and me he too. shot a 79 in his most recent round. So here we go. Uh... 83, 86, 93, 84, 88, 85, 91, 91, 91, 90, 87, 83, 89, 89, 81, 79, 91, 85, 89. Those are his most recent 20 scores. Um, so I don't know. I, uh, you're playing the white tees and uh, playing the ball up, it's, uh, I, I have a bet. I don't even know how many single digit handicaps are left. Me and PGA Pro Dan. I, no I don't know idea. if there's anybody
1: else, I and that was I bet a
0: few people that a single digit will not win this thing, which I felt and still do feel you can't because because the things that the, the the single digit would tend to have advantages on are mitigated by playing the ball right. up and, and playing white tees. So um, anyway, we will give it our best, but I think the highlight of the match will be Carlos Spice, Wiener versus Iggy and their ability to uh, to go a uh, heads up. Uh, let's see. Um, my goodness, that press conference was radio gold. Were they forced to let you air it or could you have refused to knowing you had all radio content? Who was, oh, so this is, I didn't know what Cletus was talking about because it seemed too early for him to be in the, in the bottle. Uh, this was in reference to the 590, the man, 1380, the woman press conference. So the, that, that aired at 930 in the morning. And the thing that before it even started, I thought to myself, oh my God, this is great because it's in my contract that anything between 7 a.m. and 10 a.m. is owned by Inside STL. And so I will own this content. But what they're thinking is they're shoving it up our asses by making us air it at 930. But we were thinking this is great because now we own this. And so when the press conference started making its way around St. Louis media as one of the greatest moments in radio history, uh, there was confusion from one of the gentlemen in charge as to why people were making fun of it. (laughs) And also why people were able to access something. And that's when he realized, uh, by his attempt to taunt me and put it during our show What he had done was given me ownership of it, and it is a wonderful thing to have ownership of. People can talk about home. They can talk about auto. But for me, it's owning the audio content of the 590, the man, 1380, the woman press conference. Which brings me to James Carlton. 314-961-4800 or online at carltoninsurance.net. He is my insurance agent. I switched to James Carlton. I recommend you do the same thing as well. His name is James Carlton, and his office is in Webster Groves. And I made the switch because I was so impressed with the customer service just for one little thing that I had to take care of. And my main person was not available. And once that happened, I thought, why wouldn't I use James Carlton full-time? And you go and you type his name into a search engine. You see the Google reviews. You see the Facebook reviews. People rave about the customer service they get from James Carlton. I recommend James Carlton to you. 314-961-4800 or go online at carltoninsurance.net if your insurance costs a leg and an arm call James Carlton State Farm. Uh, Also, Restoration One. Jim Rogers of Restoration One, a wonderful sponsor of the Tim McCurney Show podcast. Restoration One of Central St. Louis would like to remind you that your home is more than likely the most expensive asset you own. And with the onset of high humidity and summer storms, here are some tips to preserve your home's value and potentially your family's health. Inspect for signs of water or dampness in places that you rarely look at, such as underneath sinks, that storage area in your basement that you never go to. Your attic. When was the last time you took a peek into your attic? And don't forget about your garage where humidity really ramps up. Look for things like discoloration on surfaces, musty odors, baseboards separating from walls, and rotting wood. Monitor your home's humidity with the humidistat during summer months. Maintain humidity in your home under 50% with a dehumidifier. 70% of Restoration One's business during the summer months is mold-related. So carve out 20 minutes to do a quick inspection of those places in your home that are often ignored. Make sure you are proactive. In maintaining the value of your largest asset, visit One of CentralStLouis.com for more information or call 314-888-5266 with questions or concerns you may have when it comes to mold remediation. Jack is home. Uh, All right, well, we got a few questions out of the attempt at a live QFTA, Uh, and now I have emails by the dozens in the QFTA email folder, and we will see... What we got here? Um, hi, Tim. In hindsight, how much do you think the Better Together and Stanger controversies killed their stymied momentum toward a St. Louis city county merger or unification of the city and county? Obviously, COVID and social justice issues are seemingly the top priorities now, but the St. Louis merger would help a lot of issues. What are your thoughts? Thanks, R in the Midwest. I think it did. Uh, I, I, I don't even, I don't. I don't really think of the Stanger thing as much, but maybe that is a big factor. But I think a movement that people. Were in principle on board with being uh, hijacked uh, by Better Together uh, and or the people involved at the top of Better Together uh, really gave people a bad taste in their mouth. And even people who I think thought it would be a good idea for the city and county to merge were looking at the way that it was going to be voted upon, i.e. it was going to be voted on by the state of Missouri, not just St. Louis city and county voters. And it was going to be done in November of 2020, um, which (laughs) if you were playing the handout, you and you're going to outstate Missouri, who do you think is going to be voting in November, 2020? Now I realize some things have changed, um, as far as what it looks like for the presidential election. Odds-wise, doesn't change Missouri. Donald Trump in a a St. Louis uh, University poll. Do you see this, by the way, Gangster Pete? It was just released yesterday. What was the poll? Uh, Presidential. No, I haven't. uh, haven't. 900 likely voters, state of Missouri. He is leading 49-point-something to 42-point-something over Joe Biden. Wow. uh, As it stands right now, whereas the gubernatorial race is basically a dead heat. But... uh, the thought process was it will get passed by people outstate, whereas if it were voted on by just people in St. Louis and county in particular, it would not. And so people thought that was dirty. Um, and so it just gave people a bad taste in their mouth, I believe. So that, I think, did play a role in tabling. it. you mentioned Steve Singer and how he was essentially going to be the king of the uh, merger. Now that you mention that, makes a lot of sense as well. Joe Biden, by the way, is now minus one hundred and fifty to become the next president. Hmm. In February, he was uh, Donald Trump was minus one hundred and sixty, so that is how much things have shifted. Uh, now that may really excite some of you. That may really upset some of you. Um, is just on bovada.lv. What I would tell you is I think Hillary Clinton was like minus 200 on the yes. night of the election. <laughs> I was
1: going to say it means nothing. So, right now. so
0: just do, do, I mean, do with that what you want, but I'm telling you that I, I, at least minus 200, I think it might've been more than that actually. Yeah. Um, so take it for what it's worth, but the premises, uh, that I think was part of the handicapping. Um, let's see what else I got here. Uh, uh, no, 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 Hello, Tim. After listening to you and Pete talk about your passion for the region for a while now, I can't help but wonder if either of you are involved in any charities, community programs, or development deals. Is that something that is on your radar at all? For instance, recent development projects like the city foundry, the armory district, and the Shodo Avenue corridor redevelopment are real estate projects that I believe will pull the city in the right direction, but we also have many community programs that help in other ways you or Gangster Pete have any asp- aspirations to engage in projects, development, community, or otherwise in the region? Thanks for all the great work you do. That comes from the Lord of Lafayette. Gangster Pete, this was a topic on the radio show yesterday, and you and Doug Doug did his thing where he is <laughs> anti-city. You did your thing where you were pro-city. I am pro-city uh, as a lifelong city resident up until moving to Kirkwood in 2012. Uh, people then say, well, how can you say you're pro-city when you don't live grew up there i would move back to st louis hills and heartbeat that's where i grew up um and i love it but i am a fucking weirdo as you probably know by (laughs) listening to this and i just i have a thing with being in a new home and there are not a whole lot of new homes in st louis hills i don't even know if there is a new home in st louis hills i'm sure there's one i think it was built on donovan within the last five years across from francis park because i was looking at that lot myself uh gangster pete
1: I mean, I'm pro city. I want anything that'll help the city thrive. I'm all for, I mean, I just, I just want to see the city do well and succeed, man. I love the place and I, anything that is good for the city, I'm all for. This is another case of where me and Doug, uh, just disagree, just not
0: angrily, but just don't, just absolutely just don't see things the same way. And I think, um, I think a lot of it probably is just a lack of, um, knowing for lack of a better term what's going on in the city uh it is a a place where some people with some money want to live uh what did you say on the radio yesterday about saint charles like you have nothing against it but you would never want Yeah, to live I have nothing there.
1: against the people that live there it's just not a place that i want to live right
0: uh and and i'm sure some people take offense to that and then they go well oh, the fuck you i would never want to live in soulart where you live and but that's it's not but it's not but it's not it's not said from a place of it's just not what what you personally want. Like, I mean, my wife and I talk about it, and I think you made a brief reference to it on the show yesterday. The size of a home you can buy in Kirkwood, where I live, for the same dollar amount if we were to live in even Chesterfield. But right. certainly St. Charles County, they're in different worlds as far as the, the square footage. It really, I mean, it's, you know, because her parents live in Chesterfield, and we'll drive out there and, I'll see these new homes are being built. I'm going, my God, this is less than our house in Kirkwood. It's like three times the size of it. And it's just, it's an incredible thing. Um, It just depends on what you want. I wonder about this. And I'm asking this question. I don't think it's a question either one of us have an answer to. But is the political slash religious tribalism that I feel is more prominent, I don't think that's a cutting edge opinion, in 2020, way more so than 2000, uh, or 1990, does that factor in for people? Um, because I am, uh, not a Trump supporter for those who, uh, were under the impression I was, and I am not religious. And I think that would put me in the minority in St. Charles County. Would you agree (laughs) with that gangster? Yeah, I'd agree with that. Okay. So, uh, you know, that's, that's, but I, but at the same time, I wouldn't be like, well, I'm not living there because all, um, the majority here voted for Donald Trump and are, you know, passionate about Christianity, for example, because I really, that it's, it's neither here nor there for me. But I wonder if that is what factors in. I mean, you see, uh, and I don't know if we'll get to a point this year with signs in people's yards. Um, I see so many Mark Montavani signs. But it's I mean I don't go anywhere. I go to my I go up here to do the studio, the show and I go and play golf.
1: I saw a couple getting off grand the other day. Montavani, Montavani signs in the, the city? Signs. Yeah. Wow. Getting off grand to go pick up for golf.
0: How about that? Yeah. Um but I remember and I think I've told the story before the official unofficial title of the podcast in 2008 and I lived in Kirkwood at the time. Uh and then moved down to the city in 2009 and lived there for the next four years. Uh, Driving around, I don't know what I was doing, but I just remember it was one afternoon and it was probably like October of 2008. And when I crossed Watson, I saw McCain-Palin signs heading south. Right. And then when I crossed back over after, I think I was running my accountant, actually. uh, I crossed back over. uh, I saw nothing but Obama-Biden signs. And just that road, changed it. It's an amazing thing. And that's 2008. That's 2008, a less polarized time than 2020. And so I wonder if when people think about that, they think about, okay, these are the people I'm going to live around. And we think the same way because I don't think people thought that in 1990 or 2000 as much. And so I wonder about that.
1: I'm sure there's some of that. Yeah, that's not something that I would care about, but I'm sure there are people that right. do. Right,
0: because now it's like a thing. Like, would you go out with somebody who is a Trump supporter?
1: Would you go out with somebody who's a Trump supporter? Like, uh, date? Yes. Uh, it would depend on the level of Trump supporter, but I mean, <laughs> if she was she was fine and cool, yeah, I could get over a minor Trump support.
0: Um, so that that I don't know. I mean, for me, it used to be. I I didn't want to have long drives now for doing what we do. I don't really even need to be in the studios anymore. Uh, and you heard me talking about it with somebody we did a sound story interview with yesterday. Right. For whatever reason, and I don't know why this has happened over the last handful of years. The idea of living in the middle of nowhere sounds so good to (laughs) me now. And it used to be something like, you know, like St. Albans, for example, I don't even know what the hell things cost out there. I have no idea. I just know it's, it's about 15 minutes away from, you know, where the people are, but that sounds good to me. Uh, and having two golf courses and just kind of being out in my own little world, that sounds good. Whereas before it, I was like, I got to live downtown and I loved living downtown. And I grew up in, in the city where really everybody, it is like a neighborhood. It's like 1950s New York. Uh, that is a, it's a unique situation there. And you know that, you know, a lot of people in my, in the neighborhood where my, where I grew up.
1: Yep. Um, it's a cool. It's a cool area. Yeah.
0: I and mean, I love it. And I mean that's, that's also appealing to me too. But just recently I've thought about, uh, the idea of, you know, just being kind of in the middle of nowhere and just how great it sounds. Um, but with regard to the question of aspirations, um, I don't know, man, I really, the pandemic is such a huge factor for how I forecast. Uh, and I realize I give it greater weight than I think the average person in the area. um, you know, in in this area, I'm talking about the St. Louis metropolitan area, including St. Charles and the Metro East in there. so not just St. Louis City and County, uh, Jefferson County, the whole deal. I, I give it greater weight. Um, I guess there are some people who didn't give it any credence in March and still don't now. I think I think that number has to be declining, but maybe it isn't. I don't know. Um, and so, therefore, it's hard to forecast. But. Pre-pandemic, I would have bought St. Louis stock up all day long. Again, part of that is because it's valued low. But the other part of it is I see it moving in a good direction. And that is it's so expensive to live on the coasts that I think you're going to have people relocating here. And I also think you're going to have people uh, staying here. Whereas before, like my friends, when we were graduating college who, you know, went to, you know, incredible schools, I look back on it now and none of them came back, you know, whether it be Chicago, Denver, some lived internationally. Uh, so, you know, that's, I, I don't necessarily know if that's going to be the case. Uh, and maybe what's going on with the pandemic actually creates it more likely where you'll have some of the best and brightest come back to St. Louis after school, although just be they or they won't be going to campuses anyway because there won't be school. So I still am, I am really bullish on St. Louis, um, which I realize might sound counterintuitive depending on where you currently live and what you currently hear. And for others go, of course you should be bullish on the city of St. Louis. But it's kind of like how I analyzed, you know, forecasting the pandemic situation. Who are the people who I knew were intelligent and I trusted and what were they saying? Who are the people who I don't think are really intelligent and I don't trust and what were they saying? And that's how I came to my conclusion. (laughs) And I feel like it was a good decision. And it was at the time; it was pretty obvious to me. But you know, I still had people in June going, "Well, you were fucking wrong about the pandemic." I'm going, "Okay, I guess," you know. So that's that's how I the people who I know who are intelligent and quality, trustworthy people who are bullish on the city. That's what's where I am. That's so that's that's
1: where I am. There are a lot of problems. I mean, because everyone shits on the crime and that there's nothing popping off in downtown, and those are two problems, yes. But most of that crime is kind of in one area and I feel safe going all the places I go. And there's so many cool boroughs. Like you can just pick a spot of where you want to go hang out and it's a different vibe. Yeah, that's and it's true. cool as, It's cool as hell. Yeah. It's like the Grove, the central West end, Soulard, uh, Don't even parts of downtown St. Louis, Louis Hills. I mean, there's great, like well, Todd Wellmeyer said, it's the best restaurants per capita of any city. You're talking about the 2007 Cardinal. Yes, picture? Where he was, he was on before? the cat chat talking about yeah. it's the best food in the country per capita. Uh, there's so many cool places, good people. Uh, it just really upsets me when people just want to focus on those two things. Now, if you want to focus on those two things with solutions, I'm all for it. But just to shit on St. Louis, it really, really gets to me. Gangster Pete, passionate. This is about the only thing that gets you worked up. I love St. Louis, man. I, I do. I just want to see good things for it. I don't want to go anywhere else because I love it and I want to be a part of the solution.
0: Uh, I love the passion, man. I, I mean, I, I really do. I, I'm telling you, I don't know, whatever, it's my opinion. Uh, that the St. Louis County executive election is incredibly important. I
1: agree so much. Like, Mark Montevideo would be so perfect. He has no other aspirations other than to do this job, and he understands that it takes money to get shit done, and he knows how to get money.
0: Yeah, he is. uh, I mean, I I value this. It's, what, three weeks away, I think? Less than that. Uh, It's coming up. Either way, August 4th, and I'll tell you, I will be emotionally invested in that yep. in a I, major it's, way. It's going to be killer if it doesn't work out. Yeah, we'll be emotionally invested in that in a major way. All right, let me see here. Uh, I want to go to one more, and then we'll go on our merry way. Oh, these are just, I'm just, um, God, I want to get a good one. I want to get a good one. Uh, okay, here we go. Hey, Tim, after brief comments from this morning's TMA and Pete mentioning last week's QFTA, and this was sent on July 6th, that he wishes he would have studied abroad. I thought I'd re-up this question, but understand if it's not of interest to cover on QFTA. I promised I'm not doing that passive-aggressive, continuing to email, text until it's read thing. I'm just genuinely interested in your experience or thoughts on this. That's all. love the show and QFTA, and thanks for keeping it going. Please don't use my last name. Best, that comes from John. So this is the follow-up. Totally random non-COVID question here. I've heard you mention before on the show that you've never traveled abroad. Given how well-traveled you are domestically, albeit mostly for professional reasons during your TV career, if I'm understanding correctly, it has surprised me that you haven't traveled internationally. Has this been a conscious decision and you don't want to visit other countries? Do you simply have no interest or have professional family obligations always gotten in the way? And if you do have interest in traveling abroad someday, what are your top destinations and why? Would appreciate if you could try to answer in a pre-COVID mindset if possible, i.e. back Dece- back in December, you would have said you'd love to visit China or Italy or something. Uh, feel free to have Pete answer too. I'm just not as familiar with his experiences. Thanks. That comes from John. And so then he followed up on July 6th, and I guess we never answered his question. And I don't answer, I don't even know. And I'm not saying it to mock it. I just, I go through them and a lot of them wind up, you know, like this one's asking me to out a sponsor, not out a sponsor, but Go into some dirt on a sponsor. I'm not going to do that. Uh, this one is about players kneeling to the national anthem, Trump's presidency, and uh, Jack Danforth and Josh Hawley. And I, th- th- It's a good question. It legit. It's just going to get us into I'm um, It's just not where my mind is at this particular moment. Sometimes a lot of how QFTA works is what I'm feeling and what I'm not feeling. So I kind of like this one. It's like a kicker in a newscast. It's the squirrel on water skis. It's light. Gangster Pete, uh, how well-traveled are you? Because I guess he's making reference to it, but you brought it up
1: uh yeah i mean i i've been to mexico belize germany austria chile uh i love traveling abroad i want to live in st louis but i want to see everything i want to go everywhere i really want to go to england really want to go to spain uh i really wish i would have studied abroad like i said before like that's that's probably the biggest regret of my entire life is that i did not study abroad when i had a chance to do it for like three months it would have been awesome I remember I was broadcasting the Mizzou-Oklahoma Elite Eight game to my friends in uh, London over the phone. And so, like, things like that I didn't want to miss at that time in my life. And now I wish I should have gone. I have never been to Europe.
0: And I've essentially That's surprising. Is that really surprising? I mean, I just—I assumed you'd have traveled to Europe at some point. never been to Europe. I— It's one of those, and now it's, it's so, it's not even on the table. Like for Anna Marie and I to to go anywhere at this moment is just, it's just not on the table as any parent of a young child can, you know, or any child probably to a certain age knows exactly what I'm talking about. And so it was one of those things you heard growing up. If you're going to travel, do it when you're young or before you have kids. And there is truth to that. So for those of you who are in your twenties or thirties and you're listening to this and you may be married, but don't have kids for real, if you don't, it's it now it, you're going to be putting it on, you know, I mean, I'm, I won't be traveling until my fifties, you know, unless all of a sudden I'm doing something where I'm traveling for international professional reasons. And I don't know what that would be. Um, so with that said, um, I don't really have a good answer as to why I know there was talk about it with, um, going to London and going to Italy, uh, the closest I've been and I'd be curious, I guess Aruba has to be South America. If you ever looked at Aruba on a, on a, have you been to Aruba?
1: No, I've not been to Aruba.
0: If you look at, Ar- like, I just booked Aruba and I just figured it was all like kind of where like Jamaica and Turks and Caicos and all that is. It's all, it, like, I think I flew over South America.
1: It's the to, Kingdom to, of Netherlands. It, it is. It's a Sydney Ponson seat.
0: jersey in one of the bars I was in because he's from the Netherlands or he's from Aruba actually, but it's a, it's, it's the a coast of Venezuela. Yeah. Off the coast of Venezuela and like a little sliver of Colombia. I had no idea. It's uh Curacao, it's ABC, something with a B, Curacao, Aruba, and I can't remember what the B is. If you're looking at it, you might see it. Uh, and I think Andrew Jones, the Braves outfielder, yeah. Curacao so. Yeah. native. Um, so I guess by definition, I guess I've been to South America. I don't know. I have no fucking clue. But either way, I'm in Europe. I'm in Asia. Uh, I'm in Africa. I'm not well-traveled. Uh, and it's not really a... Um, choice per se, which I guess is what your question is, John. Um, but it's not, it's, it's just the way that things played out. Um, my family did not, and still does not fly. So there's that part. Then secondarily, um, once I got out of school, I was working in TV and to be able to go away for a week to a week and a half in TV is just, it's, kind of unheard of you know it's usually something that's reserved for like the people you see on the anchor desks during the week at the time i mean i know the tv's not you know not a, whatever it is now it's not but you know uh in other words i'm, I'm working at that time it's larry connors julius hunter steve savard and all of a sudden the number three guy in the sports department's like yeah i'm going to italy for two weeks they would have gone what in the fuck's going on in the, the sports department you know it just didn't it just wasn't an option um that's reality um so there was that and then you know then inside stl started and i've i mean there has been uh i think anna marie and i have gone since i started that and it took over ownership of the radio program in 2010 i went to turks and caicos we went to turks and caicos uh which i just didn't really think much of by the way but maybe i didn't do it right i don't know
1: oh man i just look at this map there's so many places i want to go where are you right now on your map? I'm looking at Japan, Vietnam. I want, I've been to Chile. I'd like to go to Argentina. Uh, I mean, Egypt, France, Italy, Spain, Portugal. I mean, I want to see all this stuff. Like this is like whenever I go abroad, and then you like you see it, and there's so much history over like in yeah, Europe, particularly yeah. like. I mean, I, when I went to Munich and I, I mean, I visited D- Dachau, the concentration camp one day, like the most depressing place in the world. And then I went to Oktoberfest the next day and it was like the most fun thing I've ever done. Uh, it's just, it's, I just like taking in all that history and learning about new places and meeting new people. I mean, I met so many interesting people on my journeys.
0: It's just from, from my standpoint... It, it, the ship of course has sailed for doing it in my twenties and thirties and doing it before children. I mean, that, that to me, you can't, you can't, I mean, can you do it? I'm sure somebody can say, we did it and we took our kids and I'm like, yeah. And I, and I also think it depends on the behavior of your kids. I mean, my son who I can't get enough of is, I mean, he is batshit in a wonderful, he's the happiest person. And it makes me so happy to see how happy he is. It is the greatest but it's just not possible. It's absolutely not possible. We would not enjoy it. He would not enjoy it. It's just not possible. So it's not something that's in play for a while. So if I would have done it, I would have loved to have done it, but done it in my twenties and thirties and just the job path that I chose. Um, it didn't allow for it. So that's, that's the answer to your question, John. But you know, as I see you over there, Pete, getting all excited as you look at a map, (laughs) I don't have, I don't have the same. That's not, that's not me. I don't have that same, um, that doesn't now maybe, you know, if our son, uh, is, you know, whatever in college and, you know, I'm at that point, I'm in my late fifties, uh, you know, and ideally, you know, life's a little more peaceful professionally, uh, then yeah, I mean, I would be all over it. Absolutely.
1: My old man goes on golf trips overseas. Yeah, that would be, I think you would love that. Yeah, I mean, that would be,
0: it's just like, it's not even on Cause I'm, I'm sitting here You've gone to what Vegas this
1: year, right? Didn't you go to Vegas? I went to Vegas right
0: around the time of all hell breaking
1: loose. Right Uh, as the semis for the NFL. I've uh, I've
0: missed one show this year, Um, and I'm pro vacation. I'm pro vacation for everybody. Like the Plowhawk right now is like two weeks in Montana. I'm pro vacation for everybody, big time pro vacation. I think it's important to do it. And so Anna Marie and I are talking about like where can we go? What can we even do? And it's like, we could go somewhere, I guess, but like, what would we even do? What would be the point? And then leaving her parents would be the ones who would watch our son. And, you know, it's, it's just, it's not even, it's not really even in play. Um, I mean, you can, you know, people go, oh, you got to do this. You go to this place like Innsbruck or the lake or something like that. Like an outdoorsy thing. You know, one of her friends, we were at a party on uh, not a party, eight people there, but uh, is going to Naples and she's like, I don't even know if It's open, but we just want to sit on the balcony of our hotel and just have drinks and just, and I I get that. Of course, you're going to Naples unless you're in the weird spot I was in in March. You are, you are flying into Fort Myers and some people don't want to mess with that right now. Uh, Would you, would you get on a plane right now?
1: Uh, depends on what's going on. Yeah. Like, like, uh if you're going somewhere, I don't even know what you can do. So right, I don't the see thing. the point on getting on a plane. Right. If I could go someplace where everything was open, like I would consider it. Sure. Yeah. That's,
0: that's the issue. It's like, why, why, like well, let's go to Las Vegas. Okay. But I mean, what am I going to do? Yeah.
1: That, that's what I was just thinking. I about. mean, I guess
0: I could go to the golf courses, but like the thing that I love in Las Vegas is, is the restaurants. Right. I don't know. I assume they're open. My guy Randall was talk, telling me about his place. Oh, yeah.
1: God. I saw Jeannie Bouchard was out there wearing a mask and gloves, going to right. restaurants. Really? Yeah. So
0: I just, you know, so anyway, I mean, I know that's not the question. The question is about international travel and yeah, you may may be surprised, but so much of it, well, I'm the oldest also. And I have a, you know, I have a sister who's 13 years younger than me, uh, it, it really closer to 14 years. So that knocked that out as far as growing up, my mom, not flying that, you know, she was on a plane when she was pregnant with me with a bomb scare. And that was, that was the end of it. Hasn't been on a plane since. Um, And, uh, and then, you know, I leave the university of Missouri. I was in Little Rock for eight months and then I'm at KMOV and I'm not asking for two weeks off or a week and a half off to go to Europe when I'm 23 and just thrilled to be in the position I'm in. And then I started working seven days a week because I was doing radio and TV. So that's, that's essentially what happened. The opportunity would have been there certainly, but I mean, our radio situation has been every other year, at least there's always been some kind of situation that has to be handled and so there hasn't been like i guess now looking back on it again this is all looking back on it 2014 2015 and a part of 2016 was real peaceful um you know Jealous. We, <laughs> we were we operated 920 we were profitable uh people i th- i'd like to think respected the situation and conducted themselves professionally um it wasn't gossipy. It wasn't, uh, it was just a good situation. And, um, and I could have done it then, but I'll tell you, but I mean, I go back, I look back I know We were doing IVF then we did IVF twice in 2014. And not only do you have to obviously set aside time for that. I say, obviously, as if everybody listening to this knows what I'm talking about, IVF is a way to get pregnant. We were told Anna Marie couldn't get pregnant. Um, and we did it twice. It's, ridiculously expensive, at least in my opinion, I guess, for those of you who are St. Louis country club members, it's, it's a <laughs> rounding error, but for me, it's ridiculously expensive. Of our audience. <laughs> yes. We are big at Belle Reve and St. Louis country club and OWCC. Uh, but, uh, it's expensive. And also you got, you can't be flying around and, and traveling when you're doing that. Uh, and it didn't work. We went over two. And so then now there's emotional that you don't even think about for those of you who are about to do it. That's, the other side of it, if it doesn't work, the emotional element of it, because m- you're thinking it's going to be the financial, and then it becomes the emotional is much greater than the financial. So there's 2014 and 2015, um, and then 2016. You know, uh, it's a it's a it's peaceful. But we we I knew all, we were leaving 9:20. It was just a matter of where we were going to go. And I actually thought we were going to an FM station uh, at the start of the year, and then we wound up coming here. So. Uh, that is, that's essentially the long version of the question. I really haven't had in the moment, the opportunity I look back on it and I go, yeah, I probably had opportunities here and there, but I didn't. But now with a two-year-old, it's not, it's just not even remotely in play. And we'd love to have another child. I don't know if it'll be possible, but we would love to, if it happens, we would be incredibly happy. And then at that point, I mean, you know, I mean, it's just not, it's just not happening. So, uh, I think I would love it. I think Ireland in particular would be something I would really love. I would love to take my whole family there. Uh, I'm not talking about me and my wife and my son. I'm talking about my immediate family, my two brothers and sister and my mom and dad. I would love that. I would love to be able to do that. Um, I know that. And uh, my wife is Italian. I would love to be able to to go to Italy. So I think I would love it. I really do, Gangster Pete. I love New York City. I realize it's, you know, I mean, it's, certainly not the same, but I I love the global nature of New York City. Love it. I feel alive when I'm in New York City. I
1: love New York, too, and I think you would love Ireland and Italy. Yeah. I
0: mean, I just, and so I look back on it, and I guess I, 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 I I always feel you only have regrets about things where you're like, yeah, in the moment, I know I should have done it, and I didn't do it, because that's, to me, real regret, but I didn't have that feeling then, so now it's like, oh, you know, I can say I regret it, but I don't because I, I know what the circumstances were at the time. So I don't
1: really have that regret. I think you're going to have more opportunity later in your life. Right. And so it's not like the door's closed. Right. It's just, yeah. But to yeah. do it in your twenties and thirties. Yeah. Like my dad friends. worked his ass off during the same time you didn't ever travel and now he's doing it and he loves it. Right.
0: Yeah. And that's, that's the game. And so it's like, okay, I've got a two year old. We're not going to be doing much as far as traveling goes. I did. I got to do it in my thirties. Holy shit. I ran like Ivy in my thirties. With all the time we spent in Vegas, fucking off, it was great. But uh, you know, that's that's not going to happen right now. For a lot of people, they grind in their 20s and their 30s, and then their kids are you know they're in their mid 40s. And some of their, some of these people, God bless them, their kids are already off to school uh, or out of the house, whatever the case might be. But that's not where I am, so whatever. But yeah, that's the reason. It's not like I do not want to travel. It's a great question, and I think it's I think it's I think, I think in general. I'd love to know this. I know there's no way to study it, but I feel like, and I don't even know if I would call it an issue with St. Louis, Gangster Pete, but it's a thing in St. Louis for a top 25 market. Comparatively speaking, I would say domestically, and I guess you could say internationally as well, but I'm saying domestically as well, the residents of St. Louis of top 25 markets are some of the least traveled of citizens of the other top twenty five markets. Do you follow what I am saying? I
1: follow what you're saying.
0: And I could see absolutely no way to back it up with any data. It is straight intuition. Right. Well, you know it's not New York, Chicago, LA, Philadelphia, right. Houston, Dallas, Miami. I mean,
1: just based on that alone, Denver. I would have to agree with you. But then I also I know a lot San of people. San Francisco that are too.
0: Seattle. So I mean, if you you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So you're rattling off those, you go, Okay, of course. Uh, you also have to know what the top twenty-five might just basically look at, you know, the NFL and who has teams. Right. That's 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 what it is. Minus I think Orlando and St. Louis. I think those are the two top twenty-five markets without an NFL team. Uh, and obviously, Orlando surrounded by NFL teams. And so that's that's the overall premise: is that it, for whatever reason, it's, it's one of the things that's great about St. Louis. Though here we were earlier talking about how much we love St. Louis, is that if you live here, there's a good chance you grew up here. And so when people say, yeah, I traveled, well, where'd you go? Chicago or Kansas City or the lake? And again, that's not everybody. But I mean, I didn't get to New York till the 2000. And, it, right. and like the person said, it's, it was mainly because of KMOV. I mean, otherwise, I, 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 it's 100% true. It might sound weird, especially post 9-11. But when we landed in Newark, and I'm like, what are those two big buildings? And I'm 23 years old. Right. I'm 23 years old. You know, it's the Twin Towers, which wouldn't be there a year later. We, all I know about New York is the
1: Empire State Building. And my first my visit it was the year after the towers were gone. No. Oh. It's it so eerie down there. Yeah, because you I mean it's still yeah. it was like that for yeah. a while. Just dust everywhere still. I mean
0: yeah. crazy. So I mean I just I just was not well trained I didn't uh up until ninety eight, I had never been west of Lawrence, Kansas. I mean, this is real. Right. Uh and that was just one trip where South Jay City, Randolph, Jr. I know. I mean it's just it's 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 a real thing, and that's because Jay Randolph Jr. Uh, had me fly with him and Dave Green to go to the 1998 PGA Championship at Sahali. Do you know awesome. who won the 1998 PGA Championship? Corey Pavin. No, <laughs> just guess. So. It was a nice, but you, you said it confidently. I have no I, idea. Vijay Singh. All right. Uh, Everybody's favorite. Absolutely. And then I then I'm then I'm then I'm traveling with the Blues to San Jose when they lost to the president and the President's Trophy deal in 2000.
1: What's San Jose like?
0: A suburb it was right. then. I mean, it's twenty years removed now. But I would have to drive up to with my photographer to San Francisco to do live shots from right. a building in downtown San Francisco with the <laughs> Bay Bridge over my shoulder. Right. and and I'm get, I'm going. Oh, that's the Golden Gate Bridge. It looks different to me, but the Bay Bridge is a different color. And the right. they have the same thing yeah. going as far as the the. Aesthetic. Yes, but it's but the Golden Gate Bridge. I guess I don't even know what direction it is. I guess it's to the west. Uh And I didn't even know that. And here I am, I'm there. And I just look at that and I go, I'm just, I was such, so just, I don't even know what the right word for it was. Because ignorant makes it sound like I just didn't know. You just don't know. I mean, if you go to school at the University of Missouri, your first job's in Little Rock and you've lived in St. Louis all your life. I mean, there's your, there's your scope and you haven't been on a plane. I mean, that's, 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 that's what my life was. So, um, and I don't know how important that is. Some people, some parents really feel it's important to do that. And I'm not saying that it's not. I'm also not saying that it is. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, to be able to see things and, you know, life outside of St. Louis. I mean, I guess on the surface, it sounds like an obvious statement that the answer would be yes. But, uh, but you know, it's kind of like when people talk about, well, you should exercise. and You should eat it more. <laughs> some people don't have the ability to do it. So what are you going to say? The people who can't afford that, they're in a bad spot. That's kind of a shitty thing. And I don't necessarily think it's true. You know, I mean, would I not be a pervert had I gotten on a plane before 1997? (laughs) I think I'm still a pervert. And I track it back to my mom standing in front of the TV when there'd be a nudity scene in the 1980s. (laughs) And I think that repressed me. And I think it's, I think think it's, uh, Doc Hollywood. Jennifer Warner. strong reference emerging from the lake. All right. That's a wonderful way to end it. Uh, (laughs) Questions from the audience. Send your questions in. We are getting more questions now on the fan page, even though uh, people will post the gong gif. Uh, but we appreciate that. Anything is always welcome. Tim McKernan at InsideSTL.com. Thank you to Ryan Kelly, expert.com Mark Hanna online at Evergreen Wealth Strategies. EvergreenSTL.com. He is a great man and somebody you want to have on board for you. Mark Hanna, Evergreen Wealth Strategies online at EvergreenSTL.com. Design air, heating, and cooling. Jim Rogers at Restoration One. It is the Tim McKernan Show on the InsideSTL Podcast Network.